Welcome to the Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. We are your hosts. I'm Emily Valentine from Stommy Tactical. And hey, everyone. I'm Amy Robbins from Alexa Athletica. We are Your Average Gun Girls and want to bring you a podcast that mirrors the way we live our lives. We are self-reliant, stylish, and eager to inspire women to feel confident in defending themselves while also staying true to their lifestyle. We'll be talking all things from concealed carry to our favorite lipstick and everything in between. This podcast is intended to support and empower women. We want you to be armed with the right tools and education to be self-reliant and prepared to act in your own self-defense. This episode is brought to you by StommyTactical.com, a lifestyle website sharing concealed carry tips, outfits, and preparedness advice, and Alexo Athletica, the first active carry wear line on the market keeping women safe and stylish. What is going on, Amy? How are you? Emily, I am doing fantastic. It's been a hot day here in Dallas, Texas, but I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, it's been um, hot as well, but I'm still rolling around in long sleeve sweaters because I'm always so freaking cold. <laughs> I know how you do that. I really don't. I, I had like a three quarter length jacket on today when when we went to church, and I it's freezing always in church. But then when you get out, it's 107 degrees. And I'm like, I right? Can't. Yeah. So that's what I can't stand is like the AC that's like being pumped in all the places. That's why I'm always rolling around with the sweater. Like if we're out like all day outside, then yeah, I'm not wearing a sweater, but any other time. Always prepared. Exactly. (laughs) Well, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Gun Girls. We are joined today by the fabulous Corey Recchia. How's it going, Corey? Hey, guys. What's up? Thank you so much for joining us today. If if you all will remember, we had Corey on not too long after the Parkland shootings happened. Uh, Corey's a third grade teacher up in New Jersey and um, had a very interesting perspective on the ways that you thought that teachers should maybe handle some of the school security issues that were going on. Um, so we're so thankful that you're here. School's back in session, right? Uh, uh, no, not yet. Next week. Oh, Some next school. week you guys start. Yeah. I think some in- places are started already. I think oh, yeah, Texas like started. There. Okay. Texas- to always go. We got out before Memorial Day, and we didn't start until Labor Day. Now they're going right. clear into June, and they go back super early in August. Yeah, I'm not till next week, so I got one more week of summer. <laughs> Very nice. Well, well, tell us, catch us up. I know this is a really big issue right now that's going on with people that really want to know when they're sending their kids back to school. Um, what safety measures the schools have taken to get things a little bit safer for their children. What has your school done in the wake of, of the Parkland shootings? Well, um, since that event, um, my school, you know, they were, it was great. They actually had a um, training for their uh, police department to come to the school and conduct, conduct a live seminar uh, for police officers. um, And they did the best they could to reenact um, the shooting and have the officers come in and train and we were invited to watch. So that was great to see. It was scary. You know, it's an, it was an eye opener, but they were proactive after that event to do something about it. What was the, what was the, uh, wait time? I mean, how quickly were the police officers able to get there? It took a while. I should say that <laughs> they, um, you know, they, they, again, they try to reenact it as best as possible. So the officers who came on shift at five o'clock um, weren't, weren't even told about this. So they were called in like it was the real deal. So, 
you know, it, it, it took a while about, you know, 15 minutes, let's say 10 to 15 minutes for them to arrive. Um, then they were just literally handed a blue gun and told to go to go in the building. So, and were and all the were, teachers, were all the teachers like aware that this like lesson or this training session was going to happen or like, what was like the participation level? Was it mandatory? Yeah, actually there was an email sent out and unfortunately not all the teachers came out. It was, uh, the event was happened two times in two different buildings, one in mine and another in the, another building that was part of the district. Um, the, the one that I went to, um, there were about four teachers who showed, including myself. And then of course the superintendent, um, as well as the principal and vice principal. So not a big turnout, unfortunately. So wow. For, this was done for the entire district or just yeah. for your school? Two times uh, for the entire district. And my school was one of the schools that was chosen to do the the active shooter training. Um, I'm not trying to call anybody out. It was just one of the, <laughs> oh my goodness, where is everyone? <laughs> what was their, yeah. So for the, for the people that didn't show up and didn't participate, what was their uh, excuse for not going? Um, so, you know, some of them had doctor's appointments. Some of them, you know, were tired and, you know, and I, and I just, you know, I got frustrated. I, I just, you know, I recently had ACL surgery and I had this giant brace on and I still made it a point to get myself to the building, you know, but I, I get it. People, you know, have their own lives, but I don't think they understand the seriousness of it and that, you know, you shouldn't brush this off that anything could happen. And, and my school was, you know, it was great that they were trying to be proactive and invite us all out to at least watch these officers train. And, you know, I was, I was surprised or not, you know, there weren't a good amount of teachers there. Again, it was, you know, we have five elementary schools in the entire district. Yeah. And, you know, it's a lot of teachers, you know, not to show. And, right. I, and, the, and the event was not just once, it was, it was offered twice. So. Wow. Well, I commend uh, the school district in New Jersey for trying to be proactive mm-hmm. and trying to do something about it. Absolutely. I mean, I got to admit, this is something that nobody wants to think about. Right. Not one person wants to say, man, we this has become such, I wouldn't say it's the norm by any means, but we're hearing about it so much more frequently that I would think to be prepared for it as best you possibly can would really? ideal situation. You know, um, I mean, what I want to know again, I don't have kids, so I don't, I don't know what school security measures are in place currently at the office. I mean, at, at the schools, I mean, do you guys, does each individual classroom have a lock on the door that you can lock very quickly in case that this happens? Yeah. When we have our active shooter drills, we do have a lock on the door um, that it's a, it's a box. So when you close the door, you just have to, you know, turn it and then it'll lock the door from the, you know, the outside. Um, so no one can supposedly get in to the room. So have they done anything they- besides offering up this, the active shooter training that, that you just spoke of, and then this uh, drill with the uh, police department? What other things are the, what other things are the schools doing, or at least maybe your school is doing to communicate like things that you can do as a teacher or like, what are they trying to do besides active shooter training? Because I feel like if teachers aren't going to show up to, you know, what I think all of us would consider a very important drill for them to witness and learn and, and, and have an opportunity to ask questions, like what other ways is this type of communication seriousness of seriousness of an issue being discussed with the teachers who don't seem to want to be that hands-on about it? I mean, we have our staff meetings, you know, I, again, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus here, but you know, it, it was brought up after the Parkland school shooting, um, how serious, you know, we need to take it. 
I mean, we're still doing the same active shooter drill, you know, at least once a month. Um, that, I mean, unfortunately that's about it. I mean, they're really, it was really a training too for just the police, mm-hmm. not yeah. the teachers. Um, which, you know, I don't know this coming year, maybe something will change. Maybe they thought of that. Um, I kind of, you know, when I was at the training, you know, I did ask, you know, what can I do? You know, and it was really, again, it was really for just the police officers. Um, I was more, you know, my job was just to kind of stand there and watch, which, you know, was kind of frustrating, but sure. again, I'm glad my school is proactive and try to do something about it. So, yeah, man. I mean, in, in the way, give us an idea, you know, say when you're going through this, um, give us an idea of what your current protocol is in the school. Where do the kids go? How much time do you, how quickly can you lock the classroom? Just give us an overall, um, how do they even alert you that this is happening? So they come on the intercom and they, they say, you know, a certain code and that's when we shut our doors. Um, and, um, I, I'm also in a two teacher room. So that my teacher, my other teacher is in the back of the room and she's closer to the door. So, um, she'll close it and then all the kids, We'll go in the corner and we are required to shut all computers down, smart boards, anything, um, and just walk, you know, go into the corner with them. Um, it takes, you know, it doesn't take very long, especially since now we have those boxes on the doors. So, did you know, it takes a couple minutes maybe. Did you have those boxes yeah. earlier in the school year or are they new for this school year? They were new. Um, one of the first things, you know, different schools have different things. Sure. You know, there's magnets door. Um, some of them don't have the boxes. And then for a while we were slipping paper under the door, um, red meaning, you know, or maybe we're you know missing a student green, we're good to go. And then they, it's constantly changing. They are constantly updating things for safety. Mm-hmm. So the boxes were fairly new. And then of course, you know, they were, there were some problems with that during the day when there was no training, teachers would actually get locked in and <laughs> The, uh, the boxes would get stuck, yeah, and there'd be a call for the you know custodian to come down with them free, you know, and then yeah, so they're constantly trying to update that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you have for those who didn't catch maybe the episode that we did with you last time, you like we said have a very different perspective. You are you fall on the side of um, being comfortable with the idea of arming teachers. Yeah. So I can't imagine it was somebody that's as proactive as you are in taking your training seriously, um, that it's got to be so frustrating for you to sit back and just stand there and not be able to do anything, right? Yeah, that was the most frustrating part of the whole thing. You know, they're like, oh, you want to help participate? And I thought I was like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, you're going to hand me a blue gun. And, you know, and they're like, no, like, <laughs> all running in the hallway. And I was like, oh. Never mind. <laughs> like, you know? So yeah, definitely the most frustrating part of that whole thing. Um, but again, I give the police officers a lot of credit. You know, I support that. You know, support them one hundred percent. But again, yeah, I think that I, you know, it's my right to be able to protect myself and those I love and care about. And you know, again, my state alone just has the ridiculous rules in general. But I think that you know, giving the te- some teachers the opportunity to protect themselves would be great. Right. You know. Has the mindset changed of any of the other teachers that you're with, or do you stand alone on this idea of arming teachers? <laughs> you know, I, I sometimes I, I feel so like alone. I walk in the next day, right after this training, and I again, I yeah, I was frustrated. I, I can't control other people, only myself. I can't control who shows up and who doesn't. And uh, a teacher um, who didn't, you know, uh, come to the training, 
uh, for whatever reason was like, um, oh, guess what, Corey, I have this great idea. Why don't we arm our the teachers with rocks? Well, you know, so the, saying I, that. I literally said to the room, let's arm the teachers with rocks, you know, so, you know, we can throw them at the person. I just. Because your aim is going to be that great with a rock. And you can't use a chair. You can't use it. You have to go out and get rocks. I thought your back was hurting you. That's why you couldn't show up for the, you know, the training. Of a rock. I mean, are we talking like pebbles where we can hit their eye? Or are we talking like a boulder? I mean. I was just, you know, and then I walk out and, and you know, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, am, am I the only one who thinks this way? You know, do they not take this seriously or do they do they really think that's going to work? You know, what's going on with people, you know? But again, I can only control myself, my thoughts, um, show up when the opportunity is offered. And that's yeah, it. well, I mean, we, we talk about this a lot. You know, I, again, like I said, it's really sad that we even have to have active shooter drills in our schools. That's extremely sad. Um, and yet we know that when there are evil people out there, this could happen. Um, you know, if it's not with a firearm, they can get into a school and do something with any type of weapon. We, right. we know that, you know, we, we believe that and we see that. Um, I think the issue is though, I would think that the more prepared I could be at school, then the less paranoid. Nobody wants to go into school sending their kids off and be paranoid every single day that something's going to happen. But I would just think the more prepared the school is, the less paranoid they could be about this happening. I think the school is trying. I just think, you know, they're trying to come up with different ways um, to make that happen. Because it is, it's reality. That's the world we live in today. And to ignore that is, you yeah. know, it's not a good thing. Is the school like sending any communication out to like parents or like just talking about what their security plan is for the upcoming year or just kind of trying to give like an update as to what like parents should be doing or not doing? Well, like this active shooter event, you know, if, I, if I'm correct, you know, they did post it on the district website, but it was after hours. It wasn't during... Mm-hmm school hours. So I, I think that the community is aware yeah. that this stuff is going on, but again, it's not during, yeah. you know, school hours, uh, that seminar, that training, yeah. uh, wasn't, uh, well, you know, there's, there so. is, and I don't know how, um, I know the NRA is doing a really big push. They've got a new program out that is really there to help facilitate, um, new security measures and new protocols for the schools. Um, and I've seen an increase, all of our buddies that own different security companies, like we're seeing that they're being hired by schools. You know, parents are pulling their money together and hiring these private security companies to come in, do an assessment of the entire place, and then help them put a plan in place. And I think a lot of times people just don't know where to go, where the resources are. Um, so I would encourage parents, you know, to, to start researching these private security companies, look into the NRA program that they've got. If your school hasn't reached out and tried to, you know, put new security measures in place, then I would say reach out to them, see what you can do, be proactive. You have to be proactive, I think, in your own safety. You have to be proactive for your children's safety. And there Mm -hmm. are things out there. It's not always going to be readily available and thrown in your face that the information's available. So I would just encourage parents to get online and start researching maybe what you could do and find out. Go to your go to your school. I'm sure that your school, right, has a has information available if parents want to reach out to them and see what is available and to keep their kids safe. Am I right? 
Agreed. 100%. I mean, yeah. So parents definitely get in touch. I mean, who would be the best person to contact? The principal, the administration? Yeah, I would say, you know, write the email and depending on where your child is, you know, what school. Again, my district has five elementary schools. You know, reach out to administration, the principal first. And then, of course, there's a superintendent. Um, And and then go from there. Mm -hmm. You know, again, like you said, do your homework, do your research. I think a lot of it, too, is... It's like I think we mentioned earlier, like a lot of people don't want to know that it's happening and don't and don't want to like do their own research to then kind of like uncover different areas of knowledge that they then have to think about and then grasp that that is the actual reality of of what's happening in like the schools or or where they're sending their kids. So it gets a little bit like maybe I don't want to do that research because I don't want to know. But at the same time, it's like you need to as a parent. Like, have you had any parents like ask you specifically about things regarding just like safety of their children? Because I feel like I, you know, I don't have kids either, but I, I would think that if I had a child that I would like be all up in my school's business and like, what are you guys doing? Like talking to my, like, especially like, I think for you teach third grade, so your kids don't rot your kids don't like rotate to different teachers, right? Like they stay with you all no, day. So then I would be like at my yeah, teacher's is. class and be like, what are you doing? Right. What can I do? And just trying to be kind of a little bit more proactive and making sure that, you know, my child is safe mm-hmm. considering that's where they're spending majority of their day. You know, I you know, it's kind of funny you asked that question because I was thinking to myself, I think a lot of parents, especially at the elementary level now, it's just a generalization. Most um, of them, you know, they're little, they have little kids, you know, I work with eight year olds, so they don't want to think about, you know, right. a little something happening to little Jimmy. Um, so no, there hasn't been a parent to come up to me and ask me about the safety, you know, what precautions am I taking for the safety of their child? You know, I actually went out of my way to ask a parent their opinion. Um, one of the students I was tutoring on the side, I, you know, I did ask her and she just, you know, the, her about what she thinks, you know, even about teachers being able to carry blah, blah, blah. And she just doesn't know, you know, I don't think they also want to sure. say anything to their child to scare them to put, you know, fear right. in them. They want to have cupcake parties, they want to Halloween parties, you know, they want to just have their child enjoy um, their childhood, which I don't blame them. But yeah, and at the same time, it's almost like, you know, but in the world that we're living in today, you would think that more parents would be proactive in asking those questions. But, you know, unfortunately, yeah. I would love to right know now, that, like, especially from our audience, because I'm sure um, we get a wide range of opinions on that. You know, ladies, and I would love to hear your opinion on what you think about mm-hmm. that. I mean, what age do you start talking to your child right, about right. this? Yeah. What age do you start preparing your, your children? Um kind of for the realities of the world. I think we all want to shelter our kids as long as possible, but at the end of the day, you know, there's got to be a way to do it. So if you have tips on how you talk to your kids about it, will you send those to us? You can send those to our email. You can DM us on Instagram and not your average gun girl. Cause I would love to hear what, what you do and, and share that because mm-hmm. uh, again, we want to be a community and yeah, a resource definitely. for all of our listeners. And so if there's something when you've got kids and you talk to them, please send us those tips and tricks and we'll pass those along to everybody else. Because I, I would actually love to know when you start talking to your children about that. I really would. And you know what there is, I just wanted to add to that. Um, you know, when these, when we do have those active shooter drills, you know, once a month, the kids do ask questions and, you know, there's always a fine line with me because, you know, they say, you know, teacher, the only job I should be doing is teaching reading and math and science. I shouldn't be worried about carrying or anything else. But, you know, your little eight-year-old child is asking me, well, what bad guys in the building? Well, what do you mean? Who would try to hurt us? And it's always, you know, 
I, I just kind of, you know, I listen to their questions and I try to answer the best I can without mm-hmm. crossing a certain line. Because some parents might not want sure right. um, me to talk to their child. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I, I can definitely, definitely see that where there would be a parent that would come in, you know, angry and in a rage saying, why are you even bringing this up with, to my child? I mean, it's understandable. Your, the, your school is how many grades? It goes to, what's the highest level grade? It is second to sixth grade okay. right now, yeah. And that's my elementary school. So what about <laughs> are are they allowed? You know, we've been I've seen the really cool um, inserts that you can put into your backpacks, like the bulletproof backpacks. I've seen the bulletproof uh, blankets now that they have at these schools. Um, does your school even allow kids to put those inserts in their backpacks? Oh, I was just that's what I was just. No, about it's, not even, it's not even mentioned. Yeah, I mean it's really they're expensive. That it's not like that's yeah. going to be a cheap thing for schools to implement and and put into their schools practices but um but they could and that's the thing too you you nailed it with you know funding you know a lot of teachers would argue you know we need more materials what do you mean funding for bulletproof books or or you know blankets for their book bags and this and that you know it's a whole argument unfortunately But if the but if the parents chose to supply a bulletproof backpack or sleeve into their child's backpack, like the school doesn't have any policy that says no, or you haven't seen anything like that, yeah. Nope. You, you know, we're all for parents and what they want their kids to bring. So right, because at that age where kids are talking so much, you figure if uh, I've seen you know uh, online where kids are being outfitted with the bulletproof backpacks, I mean while that's helpful, like that, then you, that turns into a little bit of a training with your child because your child has to understand like, okay, well you have this in your backpack. Now, if something were to happen, this is how you're going to use it to shield yourself for things like that. And I'm sure at that point, you know, kids like to talk and, you know, get chatty with their friends. And so at some point, you know, that information is going to get out that they might have this in their backpack. And I'm sure that that's, that's going to open up, who knows, a whole nother thing at a school that's they're going to have to then write policy right. against get, or, yeah. or for and sure. Right. You'll get a, maybe well, a I just remember they used a band slap bracelets oh, yes. back in the eighties <laughs> yeah. because you know, that might harm yeah. somebody. I can just imagine you taking this big, but those are so fun. Lead plate in, you know, right. right. I mean, how do we get them to move from not banning those kind of things to allowing kids to bring in these heavy plates? You know, I mean, like I'm glad the options there. I just was wondering if, I would love to know if any schools are providing them yet, you know, well, I mean, if they, even if they were providing, you know, and the parents teaching the child how to cover themselves, you know, again, like I, I said, the kids go into a corner in the room, you know, I'm what, do I expect them to run and get their book bags? They can barely remember a pencil <laughs> on a good day, I you know, know. Well, they're under all the stress, you know, right. little eight-year-old running around trying to grab their bulletproof book bag. You know, I just, I, mean, I would want to train with them. I would want to work it out with them once a month, you know, what yeah. you do. You know, so yeah, I'm for it. But no, the, as far as I know, my school right now is not providing that to the students. But that's the thing, like that goes back to like you, you know, you're the anomaly of, you know, the teacher with that type of mindset and that you, you want to take that proactive stance and find ways to figure out how you can help and defend, you know, the children that you, that you care for, whereas you don't really see it as like an extra burden, you know, a a lot of other teachers are seeing it that way. It's like, I just need to be worried about teaching. And I completely understand that. But at the same time, you know, you come from that mindset of wanting to be able to defend yourself. So that also, you know, then falls into, well, I'm also caring for these kids for, you know, seven plus hours a day. Yeah. And at the same time, like we do have these drills, 
you know, and at the same time, we do have active shooter trainings offered for us to go see. So, you know, as much, you know, as some teachers may be against it, you know, it is happening. We, the school is, you know, again, the, being proactive and, and trying to, you know, take security precautions for, you know, God forbid, something like this actually happening in our school. Yeah. Speaking of training, what uh, what training have you done lately? Well, um, again, I've been recovering from ACL. So again, just a lot of physical therapy, getting back in, you know, to being able to do combatives. I have started up Krav Maga again. Um So that's very exciting. And then, but, you know, taking it easy just because, you know, I have an injury doesn't mean evil is going to stop. And, you know, if something is going to happen, I need to be ready. I need to be in somewhat shape. (laughs) So, um, you know, and I've been going to the range when I can, again, with um, the ACL being able to pivot and and move around things um, is a little more difficult right now, but I am, you know, seven months. (laughs) So I'm definitely getting there. I'm not letting... My uh, knee stopped me, that's for sure. Awesome. But you're not wearing your brace every day anymore, right? No, I just have the athletic brace. So when I do nice. okay. over, you know, any type of the combative self-defense, I'll put that on. And it's more, you know, a visual for other people to see. So no, I don't I don't have a brace on anymore. So that's good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe it's been so long, knee. like seven months. You, yeah. right. You're a tough girl because that is not an easy thing. I think I like threw out my knee kicking the air too hard last time we did that, <laughs> <laughs> that training. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. And but the thing is too, I just want to add, you know, with my recovery, the the biggest thing getting on my feet again was, you know, my kids and and you know, God forbid something like that happened. You know, I want to be able to protect, you know, not only myself, but them as well. And I, and I can't do that if I feel sorry for myself yeah. all the time. You know, I'm not saying I don't have my up and ups and downs, but, you know, being able to defend myself is, is, is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we always love talking to you, Corey, and getting an update on where you're at. We really love that you mm-hmm. advocate and live this lifestyle of being prepared. And you really do mm-hmm. take it serious to defend yourself and the ones that you love. So I know our listeners always get a lot out of what you say. Um, again, we definitely want to hear from you and the audience of any tips or tricks when you're talking to your families. We'd love to know what your schools are doing to put new security measures in place as well. So um, if you are not doing so yeah, just give us a follow on Not Your Average Gun Girls on Instagram. You can follow Emily at Stommy Tactical. You can follow myself at the Amy Robbins or our company at Alexo Athletica as well. Um, we try to get back to all the emails that we get and we appreciate you just getting your feedback. We love to know what you want to hear about. We love knowing uh, what you don't want to hear about. We can take the, we can take the good with the bad. So right. <laughs> we just appreciate all of you tuning in and listening. Um, thank you so much to Concealed Carry Nation for carrying this podcast. Uh, if you've not done so yet, you can go to iTunes and subscribe to Not Your Average Gun Girls, and then you're going to get an alert every time we upload. Actually, last week, somebody got an alert um, and had already posted about our newest episode even before I knew that <laughs> Before I knew that the episode was published. And that reminded me that I probably should also go and subscribe to Not Your Average Gun Girl. So I am subscribed and I now also get the alerts for everything. So um, any last words, Emily? No, just say, keep giving us your feedback and let us know. I think this was a great episode getting this kind of information out there, especially since, you know, kids are starting to get back to school or at least in those beginning stages if they've already started. So yeah, send us um, any information you have regarding what your school is doing or, or not doing. Cause I think that's information that we can, we, we can share in a future episode because there's, we've got listeners from all over the country and I'm sure that there are some schools that are probably doing something a little bit different that, than others. Absolutely. That's right. And like, just, you know, thanks for your support. 
support. We really appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, Corey. It's great talking thanks, to you. Corey. Thanks, see you. For having me. Awesome. We'll see you same place, same time next week. Bye. The Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast and its related companies, Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com, strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.